0: Okay, so let's get into this play. Can you? Okay, so the play is called Shots. Yes. Yes, and it is going to be, the first day is October 20th.
1: Friday the 20th, Saturday the 21st, Sunday the 22nd, and the following Saturday, I'm sorry, the following Friday, Saturday, and then a matinee go Sunday, which is the... Weekend of the 27th. Okay, right. so,
0: he, so you told us what it's about. I want to know where is it going to be. Is it going to be at the Palm Beach Institute? Is that yes. where it's going to be? Yes. Okay. So, you guys, if you want to go, you should, because it's It's going to be good. I'm going, so it, it's going to be
1: good. <laughs> and the number to call for reservations is 561-743-9955. Where's the number? Right there, again.
0: Now, I'm going to put it at the bottom of the okay. screen, to you
1: guys. Link in bio. Yes,
0: link in bio. I'm going to put it right here at the bottom. I'm probably doing okay. it the wrong way. Right here at the bottom, I'm going to put the name, I'm going to put the phone number. Yeah. So, what makes this play? First of all, who is the writer of this play?
1: Well, this came out of a writing class at the Institute wow. that Donna Carbone teaches. And one of her students, Christina Karablick, uh, who was 18 at the time, wow. uh, wrote... And most of it, and Donna Carbone uh, helped her brush it up, basically. And there was a, a version of it put up about five years ago. Donna rewrote it, uh, changed things around a little bit, and added another character. And that's the version we're doing now. It's going to be some powerful,
0: it's it's Absolutely. really powerful. I read a little bit of it and just hearing, yeah. first of all, guns is such a serious thing that's going Absolutely. on right now, yep. you know? Kids bringing guns to schools. Kids are shooting people. Guns are so serious. People do not use their hands anymore. They will go get a gun to shoot someone. So for you guys to be doing that, this play right now, I just felt like it was so powerful and needed for people to hear, you know?
1: Ripped from the headlines.
0: Yeah. So what makes this play different from other plays
1: that are out? Well, one thing is it's not pro-gun or anti-gun. But it's anti gun violence. Mm-hmm. And that's the key. And uh, one of the characters likens it to the Wild West. And who was the one who was the correct one in the Wild West? Probably the one who prevailed because now they can write the history and tell the story. And that's not always the way things really are. Mm-hmm. And it's just such a shame that the. And by the time this airs, there probably will have been another one. Yeah, It won't just be the one that was in Nashville, the one up in Minnesota, or where was the one, was it Arizona? Arizona. Yes. And see, I can't even keep track of it, you know, and that's it's, just it's in horrible.
0: the past couple of weeks. It's horrible. And not to even touch the to topic, my first, like, love got killed by guns, violence. And it wasn't even meant for him. Mm-hmm. I literally got the call one night, and they mm-hmm. said, well, he, he shot. He, he got shot. Mm-hmm. And I've had so many friends who've gotten killed. I've had so many friends who've caused the killings that are in prison right now. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, why is that the answer? Mm-hmm. So this this play, I can relate to because I've lost a lot of people yeah. from gun violence. A lot of my classmates that I graduated high school with are either in prison or they're dead yeah. because of guns. Yeah. And our generation, my generation, is really where it started with guns, like the violence and people not using their hands or mm-hmm. using their words and being adults and having a conversation. They just want to pull out a gun yeah. and shoot someone. And then you don't even realize you took somebody life. That's somebody daughter, yeah. somebody's son, mm-hmm. like my ex mom. That was her only boy, mm. her only boy. And it was her baby on top of that. Wow. That was her last child. And that was her only mm. boy. And she lost him. And Not even to get into it. I didn't know that the girl was pregnant, but he had a girlfriend who was pregnant. Mm. So now that this girl is raising her child by herself, and it's not even her fault that the dad's not in the child's life. So it's just like, it's serious. And it's something that I think a lot of people should go see, Mm -hmm. you know, because for someone to be 18, there had to be some powerful girl heart to even make something like this. Mm Because it's it's a very serious situation, Right. you know. So um, who could, who are the actors in the play? Let's mention oh, some of these absolutely.
1: actors. <laughs> um, and it's such it's a multi-racial, international cast. I love that. Yep, <laughs> we have a young lady who's from Spain, oh, Marta wow. Perez. Uh, we have a young lady who is from Jamaica. Her name is Pamela Forrest. Um, and then we have uh, Brian Medina who is a wonderful actress, born in Miami, of Cuban heritage, his parents uh, came here. Oh, wow. Haley Dye, wonderful young actress. This is her first play. Uh, She was in our classes earlier, and this is her first production. Uh, Also, Marcia Foster, who has appeared in a few other shows with us, but uh, this is the first one in a little while, we're very happy to have her back. Uh, Harry Miller and Rhonda Stearns play uh, play the married couple, and they do a very, very good job of it. I've known Rhonda for many years. Harry's a good friend. And then, as the barista, we have Steve Murley, and he is uh, not only a former military who was stationed in Operation Desert Storm, uh, Operation Desert Shield, mm-hmm. but also for uh, almost thirty years with the Broward County Sheriff's <laughs> Office. And he recently has retired as well and returned to acting.
0: That's beautiful. Yes. And have that's the have any of these other people other than the person you just said? Because obviously he returned. Um, are this that's the only person who's that first? time acting. Everybody else has acting in different places. is different. the only
1: one where this is her first oh, wow. play. wow. Yes. So
0: how was she like,
1: is she, she she's a great actor? Well, her character is a college student at the medical school.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And the world is so new and shiny to her. And that's the way she approaches it.
0: Oh, wow. So because
1: of her age, and the pairing with that character. Mm-hmm. And there again, that goes with the director and the casting, and th- that, those aspects. I couldn't have cast Brian as that, that way because he's a little bit more worldly. And Harry being older obviously couldn't play a role of that sort either. So there's a lot of issues in pre-production that will affect the overall
0: show. And that's what people fail to realize. Being a director and when you pick your cast, you have to realize who your person is that you're picking you know what i'm saying like you have to it has to be some type of combination of who the actor is to the to the character absolutely so people think like when they don't get picked it's like oh no they don't look no that's not it sometimes maybe you're just not right for the character maybe just sometimes you're not the right person you don't fit the characteristic and it's it's sad to say but it is the truth and that's how the world works you know where it gets
1: worse because let's just say You might have the perfect person for that part but we don't have the perfect person for them to play against
0: Mm. if that balance
1: isn't there Mm -hmm. now we can't use that player yeah now we have to hopefully find somebody the fit is Mm -hmm. is better but you can't have you couldn't have a 30 year old playing the boyfriend of this young college student yeah so do you guys have
0: understudies
1: uh, we have one young lady, uh, Marcia, is kind of like the designated understudy for all the roles, mm-hmm. and uh, she's been sitting in, in rehearsals when somebody couldn't make it, and things like that. Her part is is as a reporter, mm-hmm. and boy, she nails this cynical, and our media, unfortunately today, you know, they report on this thing, and they go, we'll be right back with puppies. And you're like, <laughs> not you just reporting on a tragedy, and a fire, and a death, and a crash, and a thing? And so
0: she just multitasking. Here comes Puppies. It. You know. That's cool. Yeah,
1: but she's she's a very skilled actress as
0: well. So this is the last question about the play. Um, what do you want people to take from this play? What do you want people to learn?
1: Well, to learn they don't know what they should know, I think is probably the best way. And there's so much more information out there. Uh, Florida recently changed the, uh, the carry law. We now have what is called an open, mm-hmm. unpermitted carry.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, it's not open because it has to be concealed. But you cannot take it into a bar, you cannot take it into a school, you cannot take it into certain other places, mm-hmm. music venues, things like that. And it has to be concealed. Mm-hmm. So that's doesn't mean you can go buy a gun and know how to use it, because exactly. you're not being trained. Exactly. And even if you buy a gun and go get trained on that gun and you know how to use it, guess what? Now you go buy a different gun? That's going to act differently. The caliber, the the size of the magazine, all sorts of different issues. What
0: people don't understand. Yes,
1: and it's as we say in the play. Uh, our barista says it. He says it's not a toy. It's not a movie prop.
0: That's wow. We had it's, that tragedy in a... uh,
1: in that film with the uh, that guy who mm-hmm. is still pending charges. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then it's well, like this child. I had, a horrible, child, I had an incident. I almost had a horrible incident, but it wasn't horrible. Thank the good Lord above but I handed somebody a starter pistol to use in this one particular scene where they come in with a gun pretending. It's supposed to be a squirt gun, but I had a starter pistol, it was unloaded. And I and the guy started going, pat, pat, pat. Whoa, stop it. What are you doing? He had no idea. And there's a way to handle the gun. You clear the gun. Even if you know the gun's been cleared, you clear it again because you don't know what's happened. Could there be a, Brandon Lee was killed because the load, the wadding of a blank was in the barrel. And another blank, Shell, which had a bigger load than most because they were looking for a noisier uh report. Mm-hmm. It pushed the wadding of the old uh blank that didn't come all the way out of the shell into his head. Oh my and he's dead. Gosh. How can you get killed by a blank? Well, that's Brandon Lee.
0: Oh my goodness.
1: Yeah. So
0: yeah, even kind of- that situation with the whole situation, that was his child. Yep. He lost the other guy. That was his child. Bruce Lee, only. yep. Yeah. Right.
1: Do not play with guns. They are not toys. Oh
0: my God. Yeah. Like and people don't even realize, even though it's a fake gun, like it is very serious. Okay, them blanks. Have you ever been hit with a paint gun before? I know them person. Just imagine a blank, and even like the um the guns that pull pol- Like when it was like black, the whole situation happened. with George Floyd. I was right. marching a lot, and the cops had I don't know the rubber bullets them things look like they hurt baby they once do I, hurt once i see it i win because i don't want any problems mm-hmm. i just can't for a see y'all trying to start a riot <laughs> and then
1: there's the other stuff you never talks about and that, that way I was horrible english <laughs> <laughs> it's okay um, but they say uh just the noise from a gun can blow out somebody's eardrum you know in real yes. and that's one of the things that happens on a film set somebody's it's too close to somebody's ear and it can be a, an issue. Yes,
0: and people don't realize that. And
1: it could blow your eardrums so bad. Like,
0: have you ever been close to a gun before? I have. And um, even the loud sound. I don't even like... You
1: get that ringing for three Yes,
0: I don't even like going to clubs because of the ringing of the, right. the music. So I could just imagine a bullet. I don't even like fireworks. I'm not going to catch Fireworks is just so loud. I just be like, Lord yep. Jesus, it's just too much going on. Mm-hmm. So I need you guys to go... Just go to the play. And even if you don't go, go to one of his plays. He's an amazing director. But we have a game, you guys. This is a new game. It's called The Hot Seat. Are you ready, guys? Uh, <laughs> I don't know.
1: The cold weather here. The seats are too hot.
0: <laughs> it's called The Hot Seat. Do I need the
1: glasses for this? Yes, glasses. I should get glasses, glasses with a little nose uh, on them. You should. Something. You should. That's the pre-production of your show. Yes, yeah, I okay. should.
0: I have like so many like shades. It's ridiculous. Right, I'm getting serious
1: now. <laughs> we're on if The Hot Seat. you...
0: This is the hot seat. The hot seat. (laughs) If you had magic, Mm. wait. If you had, okay, restart. Okay. This is called the hot seat.
1: It's called take two.
0: Take two. (laughs) This is called the hot seat. If you had magic, what show would you do next?
1: Hmm. That's funny. Now, the way you said it, you said magic three times when you're asking the question because we had to start and stop. Yes. (laughs) So what popped into my head, there was a really cool show made in South Florida called Magic City. Really? And it was set back in the 50s, and a lot of my friends did it. I was cast to do something in it, and unfortunately, then the show got canceled. Wow. But uh, Taylor Blackwell uh, was a series regular. My buddy, Robert Kahn, probably Robert Kahn. I've only recently learned I've been mispronouncing his name for 10 years. Robert Kahn played uh, James Kahn's driver Mm -hmm. and uh, a lot of other people Steve Murley I fact was in it one of our cast members was in Magic City as well so for some reason Magic City pops into my head it was a great period piece and uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan was the star so was Danny Houston
0: oh wow uh,
1: from uh, Walking Dead
0: some heavy hitters and let me tell you something I love I love walking Dead.
1: You know jeffrey d morgan
0: yes yeah. i watched every season <laughs> okay.
1: well i had a really good friend on there who i think his name was he played the character of grandpa or uncle somebody i know he's talking scott about- wilson mm-hmm. yes uh unfortunately he passed away a few years yes, back he had yes. a, a, a diabetic is what happened it was a diabetic situation that he passed away from uh, a diabetic seizure oh my gosh uh, but he yeah. was a gifted actor his first role was in a great film called in cold blood against robert blake oh wow and you know how intense robert blake is yes he matched him word for word he was really a solid performer and he was also in the great Gatsby ironically playing a character named Wilson
0: a lot of great and Gatsby.
1: uh he was in a movie with Sir called uh, Malone and uh they had talked about possibly getting together and doing a, a project wow. but uh and they both passed away relatively close to one another they did
0: it yeah. was very close it was very yeah. shocking as well yes. i kind of cried i'm not gonna lie yeah. <laughs> yeah. it was very very heart heartbreaking for me, first of all, I love the Great Gatsby. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's talk about that. But Walking Dead—that's how I really knew, found out who he was right. through Walking Dead. And I was just like, "This man is a great actor." Yeah. Because first of all, they really made me think zombies, The zombie eclipse was really happening <laughs> the way they right. played in that thing. Uh-huh. You would think that the zombies is real. Yep. And I was just like, "What? Well, this this is beautiful. This is just beautiful." Yeah. <laughs> so. Point what question. is? Thank
1: you. You're welcome.
0: What is one? What is What is the worst play you have ever directed?
1: Oof. I'm going <laughs> to say it's probably uh, Neil Simon's The Sunshine Boys. Okay. And here's where we talk about the script. Fantastic, award-winning script. And it's been made into films and uh, constantly being in production. Well, we had two actors that didn't understand the geography of the set. Mm -hmm. So they're supposed to go into the doctor's office and uh, they're doing their vaudeville skit in this doctor's office. Well, the nurse walked right through the wall and knocked the whole thing down. Now, luckily, her character is a, a bit of a diss.
0: Oh, okay.
1: So the two actors on stage were able to kind of make some references to her being confused and things like that too and but it just and then the old lady next door did the same thing through a different wall later and you're
0: like what is going what on what is going on here yes. literally like did we not practice <laughs>
1: yeah so it was a comedy of errors and uh you know that performance was at a condo down in uh i think down in delray beach um but wow. it, yeah that was probably the worst single performance
0: that's not horrible right okay yeah so what makes a good director?
1: Probably communication, empathy, and knowing the script. Yeah.
0: Yes. And that's but, important.
1: Right. Before we ever did the auditions, I had to read through the script. I just read it three or four times. Mm-hmm. and you put it aside and then you pick it up and you go, what was that part about that thing? And you go and you look it up. And you reread that and you go, oh yeah, that's a cool thing there. And
0: that wasn't—that's what makes a good director mm-hmm. knowing your plays. A lot of these directors don't be knowing their plays, like then that's why they things don't be going as good as they want to because you don't know
1: what you're You're not talking just about. moving chess players
0: around. Exactly, you, you got to know. know what you're doing, and that's why, like, um, one of my students did a, an interview on um, about Tyler Perry. Mm. She loves Tyler Perry like that is her favorite like director, mm-hmm. and I was just like, she's not very. She's very shy Uh and quiet. And I'm like, you can't... She wants to be a director. I was like, you can't be a director being shy and quiet. Like, you have to put yourself out there. You have to actually... I was like, you think Tyler Perry stayed in the box? He was the first man. And people could say what they want to say, because I did talk about him on my podcast before, because he had said something that kind of made me upset. But Tyler Perry's a great director. And people don't understand, like, this man was probably, like, one of the first people to get on stage and a dress and a wig and not care what nobody lot to say.
1: Well, in current society, but we can go all the way back to, well, Jonathan Winter's amazing comic with his Maude Frickert. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Milton Burl Milton Berle in the 50s. He did the same kind of thing. There's always been silliness with a dress. Yeah. Know, he puts it on. And we'll, we'll go all the way back to Shakespeare. Females were not Allowed. There were no actresses. No. So young boys would generally play the uh the parts of the females which before their voices is, had changed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so well no, but it wasn't it wasn't about any of that other stuff. It yeah. Was just because women did not do it. And, so which never, is kind of you know,
0: sucks. But you know what's does. my favorite place and um this is like completely out topic. It's Phantom of the Opera. Well, musical. Okay. My favorite musical is Phantom of the Opera. I could watch it over know, and over. Um,
1: how would you describe that? What would you describe, how would you describe the Phantom of the Opera?
0: I think it's a beautiful play about love. And I think that okay. the man that was the the Phantom, he was just hurting. Mm-hmm. He didn't, he, he was scared. He didn't want people to see his face. Yep. He didn't want people to know about him. He was haunting the theater, but at the same time, he just wanted love. And yep. people overlook that, but I love that play. That play is like, yep. it touches my heart. Sure. <laughs> What, do you like that
1: of the effort it's, it's really great and there's all kind of variations of it too and there's you know that's the common thing about the the unrequited love and mm-hmm. people try and how do I get that and that's you know how many different therapy books are there out there about you know, love your neighbor love yourself mm-hmm. love your life men are from Venus men are from Mars learn how to love in on your right planet or whatever <laughs> it, it might be you know all those different things yes. and uh um, so i know there's a couple of you know the pop gurus in the 60s they basically said uh, you know the essence of most human communication is i love you please love me mm-hmm. and when you kind of think about it, that's what we basically really want now of course we have our other needs of shelter food and fire and all that mm-hmm. other stuff and that that's you know oh they're taking my food they're taking my shelter that's when the love yeah. breaks down yeah. That, yeah
0: and love is hard Last time we get into that, so people know I talk about it on my podcast a lot of time. But yep. it's so hard. Even though I'm in a relationship, but it took a long time for us to get here, and it took a long time for me to get with somebody that go. loves me like I love them. You Excellent. Know? Congratulations. So, thank <laughs> you. What is your biggest pet peeve? Hmm. Uh, like, what's one thing that just grinds your gears? I'll
1: tell you what, right now, the thing that's really grinding my gears is when the TV newscasters, will not have the noun-pronoun agreement. <laughs> Lala Edwards, she is a podcast host. No, not Lala Edwards, she. Lala Edwards is a podcast host. Yeah, yeah they make or stuff easy she for is a podcast host. Mm-hmm. Not both. Yeah. And with the horrors, I heard somebody recently, <laughs> I overheard this when I was getting guests. This is horrible, but it's ridiculously funny. They said something about the, the the problems in Gaza, and the guy said, "Oh, I didn't hear anything about that." And they said, "What it was?" And the guy said, "He goes, is that in Texas?" And so one of my other pet peeves is, you know, the lack of knowledge, just general knowledge, situational awareness. Wow, going down the street and there's somebody texting, and they're weaving. That's not only that's not only offensive; it's dangerous.
0: And first of all, saying something like that. Baby, you can get canceled because, first of all, <laughs> the situation that's going on right now is very, very touchy for some people. That's why I don't want to even talk about it for real. I'm just praying right. for both both places because it is a very touchy topic. Oh, sure. And for you to say it's in Texas, baby, you need to get fired.
1: <laughs> right. Well, thank God it wasn't me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you need to get fired. Well, he might have already been unemployed.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, obviously. Right. So what has been one of the worst jobs you ever had?
1: Oh, one of the worst jobs I've ever had. I've been very fortunate. You know, that's good. I really, really have. Um, I got a job in a hotel because I was going to Palm Beach Junior College at the time. And mm-hmm. I wanted a place where I could do my homework at night. I got a job at the front desk. And for a little while, I was being able to do some of my homework. But then I started getting more and more involved. And they started giving me more things to do. I mm-hmm. called the Curse of Competency, which was one of the papers I wrote based on that experience. And I went to another hotel where I kept getting promoted. And that hotel closed, and the family who was the general manager had another business and they took me over there. And then I started getting very busy with uh acting and things like that too. And a guy had worked for some at a comedy club saw me and he wanted me to do some stuff at the improv comedy traffic school. Mm-hmm. So I started doing that, and around the same time I got involved with Kathy Rollins from Standing rolling Productions, which is who I do the uh The Last of head Lovers play with, which is coming up in February um we'll have a link to that one as well um that's going to be a very fun i i direct and i act in that one super exciting. and uh and that was cooking along very very nicely and then i got involved at the uh burt reynolds institute i was the executive director there and throughout all of it i just went and just uh it was you know i surfed the wave into the next thing
0: yeah my first so job so the worst job
1: i had was I don't know. Maybe one of those days on one of those jobs, but I certainly can't remember it. I don't dwell That's on. That's great it. that you yeah. had
0: a great experience. Job. I mm-hmm. think my first job was of my worst. I was a dietary aide. I hated it. Why? <laughs> it was just a lot in the area I worked in. The diet, the nursing home I worked in was very. Um, I'm not going to use the word. It was very ratchet. It was okay. Very, okay. It was very ratchet, and it was a lot. And the people, because I was young and I was still in high school, they would try to run over me.
1: Well, that's wrong. and <laughs> But you have to be learned that people in that situation are even less happy than they should be. They are. And they're so still doing the same do thing they were doing before. Yeah.
0: And it's just the same. So I'll just be looking at them like, child, yeah. y'all hated me so bad. I was 16, 17 mm. years old. No, I think I was like 18, 18 17. And y'all like 30. Mm. Why are you beefing with me and you're 30? You mm. <laughs> Like, you're old enough to mama, for real. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you just have to relax. Right. <laughs> so, what is your favorite genre of film,
1: like movies? Like, what is your favorite uh, genre?
0: Mine's is horror.
1: <laughs> well, I'm going to have to say good, well done films. In fact, I teach a film history class at the Pompeii Institute on Sunday afternoons. Really? Yes. I, mean, I didn't do, know that. A it's a hiatus right now, but it's going to come back uh, another couple of weeks. We will pick out a film, like, say, for instance, we were doing the final films of and then a certain star we did the final film with john wayne which is a Mm -hmm. wonderful wonderful film called uh the Shootist. and Hmm. ron howard was in it lauren mccall was in it uh, wonderful because john wayne was uh nearing the end of his career at the time it it wasn't planned to be his final film but it wound up being his final film and uh so we had you know lively q a about it as Mm -hmm. well and uh and things like that we also did the misfits which was the final film for Marilyn monroe Uh, oh i love Monroe, yeah
0: i have a picture of her in my room oh, do you yeah yes i love Monroe. Yep. she
1: transcends time yes. and uh beautiful she's ever.
0: never gonna not be Marilyn Monroe.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. right right uh montgomery clift was also his uh final film oh wow and uh here's your trivia question who is the star of gone with the wind played brett butler
0: i don't even know oh come on i'm not gonna lie <laughs> But <laughs> my mom, she loves that. Okay. Okay. She knows She does. She probably can tell you all that. Okay. I don't know.
1: Well, that's see, that's how we discuss all this stuff. So you got three <laughs> questions we have to answer. Remember the first one?
0: Yes. The what uh the the people who work on the station that work it that was actually like football players
1: and worked in sports. Okay, there's yes. two guys there, and then the third one. Who was... Oh, I'm sure he's that bigger. Um, <laughs> the third one is uh, who was the star of Gone with the Wind, who was also the star of The Misfits, which was his final film. Okay. He got so upset with Marilyn Monroe being late to the set, which was based on her own insecurities, apparently, and that he got stressed out and he had a heart attack uh, I think six days after filming wrapped up. She died about six months later, and Montgomery Cliff was about a year later. But, uh, wonderful film. And there's a metaphor with these wild horses. It was made in 1961, and wild horses in the Nevada desert and it's the only state in the United States still where horses roam free, wild horses. And uh, Rolling Stones sang about them. Really? Wow, wild, horse, wild, wild horses! You've heard that song? Yes, I yeah. have heard that song. Right. I not know that.
0: that yep. they even had a place that still a state that's a city that still do that.
1: I would love to yeah. see a
0: horses. Well, I take it back.
1: The islands coast of North Carolina, but those are different types. They're not the mustangs. They're their own mm-hmm. little breed of horse. Up there.
0: Okay. Okay. I get um,
1: that. Anyway, um, so we talked about all those different things. So. Um, there's two totally different types of films. One's a Western, and the other is a black and white film. Mm-hmm. We also uh, we did uh, uh, John Huston, wonderful director. Danny Huston's father, we talked about him briefly earlier. And he directed his daughter, Angelica Huston, in that with Jack Nicholson. Oh, wow. And it was called Pritzy's Honor. And it was a Jack Nicholson you haven't seen in any other film, because instead of Marlon Brando putting the cotton in his mouth, mm. back in his jaw, Nicholson put it up under his top lip. So he's going around the whole film talking about the Fritzes. <laughs> hey, what's going on with the Fritzes? And it just and you're going that that's wow. Jack Nicholson really is an actor. He's not just a personality. And uh, wonderful, him. Kathleen Turner uh, is his romantic interest and mm-hmm. co-star in that. And uh, at her glamorous best. And uh, and things like so we. T- t- Some kind of a film. We do a lot of classic Hollywood. We did now Voyager with Betty Davis recently. And uh, so all kinds of different things. But I just like well-made films, regardless of genre. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's a horror film called uh, Strange Invaders with Hmm. Paul LaMatte. I feel like
0: I've heard of it before.
1: It's it's from about 30 years ago. But it's a spoof of the 50s ones that were done poorly. Mm -hmm. And in that context, this is done very, very well. But with modern special effects at that time. So it uh, you know, so it has to be a good film. I I, I don't know how to describe yeah. it per se, you know.
0: So what is one of your happiest you know, before we even get to it, mm-hmm. this is the next this is the next one I have. So how do you feel about like remakes of other older plays and movies? And how do you feel like do you feel like they should just keep some of the good stuff? Like, you know, it's been like a lot of Yep. Movies that has been remade, like Color Purple, just got remade. Oh really? Yes. Which I didn't hear about I think it's which... gonna be good because oh, Fantasia's in it. No, it's not okay. out yet. Okay. Fantasia's in it, and the girl from um, Little Mermaid, Haley, she's in it as well. So I, I think it's gonna be good. We mm-hmm. gonna see, but um, they have a lot of movies that they do remakes of, and sometimes I just be like, you should just leave the movie yep. alone.
1: <laughs> well, the beauty of it is that the remake does not affect the original mm-hmm. the original still as good as it ever was the problem with many of those remakes is they cannot make them with the the grandeur that mm-hmm. some of the original ones did mm-hmm. and I imagine Gone with the Wind there's no way you can make a remake of Gone with the Wind yeah because the opening the first day of shooting they literally burned down the back lot at Metro Goldwyn Mayer Studios and there's the fire scene where the cart goes in front me, he's yanking the horse and uh, It's it's a silhouette, and and the building collapses. You cannot force that to happen with any CGI. That was real, and it was legitimate. And the cast, when they had the shot of the uh, uh, the wounded, both north and south wounded, Mm -hmm. uh, there were 1,500 extras laying there. Wow. Now, there were scattered amongst them some dummies to fill in some of the shots further Mm -hmm. down. But you can't find... 2,000 people to go do a shoot someday. Yeah. There's no way that can happen. And if you look at things like Back to the Future, more of a modern film, mm-hmm. same kind of a thing. Who could do that better? Literally. You know? Literally. Right. And then there are things like The Matrix, okay? Who could play those roles? True. Any but you back? know,
0: Jumanji, I'm not going to lie. They did good.
1: Well, here's the thing with Jumanji. That wasn't a remake. It was the next chapter mm-hmm. because they went back and they found the kid.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, so they say, did. So
1: that's yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's one of the things too. Well, the longest yard, the Adam Sandler version mm-hmm. of Longest Yard was totally different than the one mm-hmm. from the seventies. But they got some of those actors in it and and made it. A yeah, tribute. I love when
0: they do that. When they right. do a second part of a yeah. movie, I love it they, when they use like the actor, like um the Adams family. Yep. They used the daughter, right. the real original daughter. Yep. I was like,
1: well, come Wednesday. on now. Because
0: right. yep. they did their big one on that one. That one was good. Oh, yeah.
1: And they did that one right.
0: They did that one right. Right. So, yep. let's get into the next question. This is the last question because this has been so great. I don't want to stop. <laughs> what is one of your happiest memories in life?
1: Uh, happiest memories in life? Hmm. I... You didn't tell me you're gonna ask me this part of the hot seat <laughs> um, I try and do most of my things moment to moment mm-hmm. and try and not have too many regrets and where we are right now is a culmination had I not made a choice at some point years ago to not just be an actor but to step over and go talk to a producer and go you know I can help out with the directing if you need me to and I get to be an assistant director and then somebody else said this and then Nick says, "You know, instead of being a director, why don't be a producer? You learn, and then, so all of this stuff adds up. And it's like the job history I was talking about. Um, so I mean, it's all led to where we are right now. And uh, it's not necessarily a joy, the most joy I've ever experienced, perhaps, but I'm I'm pretty happy right now.
0: That's great. And this this has been nice. And the guys, you get again, please go to this play, Palm Yes, Palm Beach Institute, the date is October 20th. That's the first day of the play, which is a Saturday,
1: right? No, Friday night, 7 o'clock. Oh, Friday. Okay, it's Friday. Saturday the 21st, Sunday afternoon the 22nd, and the following Friday, Saturday and Sunday again, 27, 28,
0: and 29. Yes, and so you could call. Like I said, I'm going to put the number again at the bottom for the tickets, and this has been so nice. I'm grateful for you coming on, and I hope people... Take it like you could be a director, okay? Don't don't stop yourself. Don't push um, your goals because this man right here is an example that you could do it for years and be somebody and be successful and meet amazing people out of it. Like just the amount of people that you just said you missed, like wow, you would look at you and you wouldn't even like think that you would be a director. But it's not about appearance. I feel well, like people that's
1: one of those things too. Some people uh, I'm I'm certainly not. One, to think I'm I'm any better than anybody else. Mm-hmm. And just because of what I do doesn't mean I am. Mm-hmm. Or not, for that mm-hmm. matter. Uh, that goes back into, you kind of said something about it earlier, what's in your heart. And you kind of, you know, I, I hold the door for people. You know, so when you drop something, I try and pick it up if, I, if, if I'm if i closer to it or what have mm-hmm. you. And that's about us all getting along. And that's that's the film set. You all try yeah. to get along, you know. It's yeah. a little bit of a cliche with Rodney King um, <laughs> going back a ways. But, uh, you know, it's, you, that's also one of the other things, too. I have met some amazing people. And you go, this guy, this, this guy knew Ernest Hemingway. Right. And you go, well, yeah. And that's why he limps because he got shot. And Hemingway was the ambulance driver that pulled him out of the thing. And you're like, oh my God, really? You know, those types of things. Yeah. And you just, you just never know. And I find that people that have the, uh, the quiet confidence to, you know, what are we here to do? We're here to take care of that okay we can do that or now that's not really my cup of tea but they but then okay you find out later they don't want to do that because they wanted somebody else to have a shot doing it possibly Mm -hmm. you know things of that sort um i have been blessed by having mentors throughout my life that have said you know hey there's a let's get this guy and when i was teaching at the improv traffic school the 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 head of the company saw me in a thing and he said I want you to come into the office every once in a while. Next thing you know, I'm I'm a chief instructor. You know, I had to drive to Miami. That was the da- that was the bad part of my. There we go. The worst day of my life was I had to drive to Miami five days a week. <laughs> that sucks. And
0: listen, I have people that work in my job that live in Fort Lauderdale yeah. and live in Port St. Lucie and drive up every right. day. But
1: that's about choices too. You make different choices. No. So the traffic <laughs> was the bad part, not the job. I obviously love the
0: job. Yeah, it's, it's the it's thing. the traffic. Every time I go to Miami, I get anxiety,
1: bro. Like, sure. They drive crazy.
0: Yep, they do. They do. Let me tell you that Atlanta, Miami, Texas, mm-hmm. and New York.
1: Texas. Is that where Gaza is?
0: I guess so. <laughs> I guess so. Yep. I guess so. <laughs> it's been nice. Thank you yes, so ma'am. much, Todd. This is great. Well, it's been
1: a pleasure being on the and what's the exact title of this? No? Everybody's open to get kicked in the gas. Everybody. Everybody.
0: Nobody's off limits. Nobody's off limits. If you guys love my podcast, please click the link at the bottom, okay? This podcast, we are seen. We are black. We are amazing. We are everything phenomenal, okay? We are phenomenal people, and we should always remember that. And thank you.
1: The podcast has been produced at the CSB Media Center. Jim York is the head guru at the CSB Media Center group, including the Palm Beach Film School, the Connecticut School of Broadcasting, the Palm Beach Code School, and about 14 other things that uh, nobody gives you a free soda from. (laughs) (laughs) Bye,
0: everybody. Take care. But I got you next to me. All them lonely nights, till I need your therapy. You got your guard up and you pull away the key. But I knock your guard down till my love and jeopardy. I'm a heartbreaker, but I got you next to me. All them lonely nights, till I